The Way Out Podcast, episode 255. What's your name? Eric Schultz. Spoken with authority, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what was your substance of choice or DOC? Um, well, my first uh, drug of choice by addiction was opiates. Um, that's the one that really got me. And uh, made me realize that I had uh, that I had an addiction problem um, that happened um, right out of high school. I, um, you know, started selling weed to all my friends, and uh, how my addiction started was my uh, one of my good buddies that I played hockey and baseball with broke his leg. Well, he didn't like the painkillers, so I traded him weed for his painkillers. Hell yeah. And uh, it was uh, it was uh, it was a good trade off, and uh... <laughs> it was a good trade. <laughs> you know, it's funny because a lot of people say, you know, I got injured, and then they gave me this stuff, and after that, I was hooked. You know, like I became an addict. But you you just traded because your buddy <laughs> didn't like it. So yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> Opiates was your doc. What what's your clean and sober date? It is August. 22nd 2020 365 days from today mm, that's today <laughs> dude i wish i had sound effects happy one year bro fuck yeah that's fuck so yeah. badass yeah dude yeah we could not have planned this better and that to me because we were supposed to do this last week yep so like is it odd or is it god you know what it's I mean? god like, it's that's god. crazy dude. <laughs> awesome awesome way to celebrate your one year man and i'm really grateful that i get to be a part of that dude yep, yep. Uh, what is your primary recovery program or pathway um my uh this recovery program that i'm doing is uh, i'm i'm doing this aa program um this aa program has really uh changed my life um the fellowship of uh of hanging of hanging out with sober people that's really uh really changed my life i you know i tried the the aa program back in the day and it's, it's all about finding that right group of guys uh for me that's what it was um so having this fellowship of this aa program and um you know that stigma of oh you only go to aa to get out of a ticket from court or or you're weak if you need aa um you know i mean you guys really pump it up like it's a good thing and uh and and uh it's something that i've really really enjoyed that not to be ashamed to go to aa when i tell people that aren't in the program yeah i'm in aa and i say it proudly Hell yeah. uh, you know they uh you know ah both you know because i'm you know i'm a down-to-earth kind of guy and you know whatever and uh they you know they look at me yeah right both you know i'm like yeah i am like and you know and then they gave me oh good job buddy you know um so you know at first when i tell people i'm in aa they uh they kind of make fun of me but then i'm like you know say it that uh that i'm proud of it and they they you know then they realize that it's not something to really make fun of um it's uh so this aa program is what uh what's been doing it for me that's and, awesome uh, and the fellowship so right yeah, totally. And it, it is multifaceted, you know, and it's going to continue to blossom as you progress. And, you know, 
you'll add add new layers and dimensions to your recovery and the things that help you sustain it and make it meaningful to you you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um how do you serve the recovery community um kind of um well i mean i uh you know i'll volunteer when i can um i uh kind of like what i was just saying about um telling people that aren't in the program that I'm in recovery um, just to um, just to kind of put that uh, little nugget in their ear saying that this is possible yeah. um, um, that uh, you know maybe maybe it's something that they don't want to you know that, that it was something for me where I didn't want to admit it to people that I'm an addict or um, that I have an issue or um, you know that the AA programs for you know weird people um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, just kind of put that nugget in their head. And if they want to come up to me later on, um, and talk to me about it, um, you know, that's, cause that's kind of what did it for me is, um, a buddy of mine that, you know, that I looked up to kept, uh, saying, yeah, a uh, this, a that. And, and then finally I had, a, I had an issue and I kind of came out to him and, and he put that little nugget in my head years ago. And, and so that's kind of what I try to do to people is just, you know, talk about it, put that, put it in their head and let them know that it's possible to, to be sober and work a program and and not be ashamed about it. So. Dude, totally. And it's like when, when somebody tells you about it and they're proud of it, you know, it, even if you don't agree with it or you think it's weird or, you know, that's not for me, I'm not like them people, whatever it's still presented to you in that kind of way where it's a positive thing to them. So in the back of your mind, you know that this is an option when shit gets unmanageable and out of control and you lose hope and everything. So that's definitely hugely uh, effective way to be of service, just owning your story and not being ashamed of it. But also you, I mean, I think you just, you handed the reins over, but you chaired you chaired the meeting for a while, didn't you? I did. Yeah, that's I did. A way that, to serve. that really helped me, you know, and um, I, uh, you know, kept me kept me accountable. I haven't missed a meeting um, ever since I been going to AA. I've been I've been at my Monday meeting every week and uh, stepping up, and um, you know, I don't look at myself as a, you know, I. I going in going to my monday meeting there's a lot of veterans there and i'm like how how can i uh attribute to this group um and after a year into the program and i finally handed the reins off to a newcomer um i heard a lot of positive things and i'm like okay cool thanks thanks guys i really you know i was just doing my thing and trying to trying to live up to to the hype of of the previous squad leaders and uh and uh i uh you know try to try to exceed all expectations so um right so it it kept me accountable and uh you know and it's one thing is once for me you know once i got a few months in um you know being squad leader you know it just i didn't want to let you know i don't want to let people down that's kind of kind of uh a thing for me is um you know i um you know, I got guys that work for me and whatnot. I feel like I need to um, be accountable and, um, 
be there for people when they need me and and whatnot so um it's, so yeah be, a, being it's the squad key, leader was cool key element to why being of service is so important is accountability um getting out of yourself you know it's not about me no more you know it's about other people what last question for this intro section what does recovery mean to you oh it means that i can function in society <laughs> it means uh it means that uh um you know i can have a job have hobbies um be a be a father be a husband um be a you know be a son um you know do those things that um do those things that were just secondary that were that were um chores to me to do that you know now i want to i want to be a husband i want to be a a, a a father um you know i'm going to florida next week my mom says to me i'm going with my mom oh this first time i'm gonna go on vacation with sober eric <laughs> you know just things like that you know when i go to family events you know i'm a max one two hour guy you know now i stay for hours and and uh hang out with the family uh, that's uh, awesome yeah so i uh it's you know doing things like that and uh you know being able to be a be a productive member of society is that's how i see it so. it is a different way to live my friend <laughs> it is it is, is tremendous it is, it is so Welcome Way Out faithful and first-timers to this week's installment of the Way Out podcast. We appreciate your ears. Our mission is simple, to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. The Way Out podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out Podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and AllRecoveryRings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's AllRecoveryRings.com. The Way Out Podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. I'm Charlie, and in this rendition of The Way Out, our recovery co-host with the most, Jason, 
has a fantastic interview with Eric Schultz. And in this episode, Jason and Eric had quite the happy accident. After Jason and Eric rescheduled once, they got to celebrate Eric's one-year milestone on his actual clean day. If that isn't a higher power moment, I don't know what is. Eric shares his journey with us. And all the while, Jason and Eric cover so many profoundly helpful topics and share a lot of practical tools that can help anyone find a way out of despair and hopelessness. So listen up. This is Jason. I got with me Eric Schulz. What's up, brother? What's up? How's it going? It's going awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your story in depth and personal. I don't think I've ever heard you share your story uh, bits and pieces at the meeting, but uh, I met Eric at this Monday night group. It's a men's meeting. It's one of my sponsors uh, home groups. Actually, I think it's his only home group. Now we used to have a couple, but um, it's called the bare knuckle boys. It's a men's only meeting at the Fridley Allen club in Fridley, Minnesota, 7.30 p.m. It's upstairs. I think it's room five. Is it room five? Ten, six. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't even know. It's <laughs> I think it's ten. Dude. Yeah, upstairs it. to the right. Upstairs Ask, to the right. Ask around. Small room. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you're from Minnesota and you're a man and you're looking for a good men's meeting, it's a place you can go where you're not worried about what's under somebody's skirt and you're actually worried about getting better yourself, go up in there. Uh, talk about a great group of guys, man. And I'm blessed to know you. I've been blessed to watch you do this. Uh, Eric is celebrating a milestone with us today. Actually, guys, it's pretty awesome. He's got, this is his one year clean date today, 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 the 22nd of August. Damn son. (laughs) Oh, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. That is so freaking huge. And I know. In my own experience, the first couple years were, <laughs> there was a fucking wild ride, I think, emotionally and mentally for me. Um, you know, anhedonia was a thing for me. You know, that inability to experience pleasure or, or you know, just, just kind of like that blah feeling mm-hmm. um, or where everything kind of feels like a chore just like it took a long time to get my feelings back. Right. You got to get out. It takes time to get those synapses firing. Right. And shit again, because you're, you've been artificially inducing all those kinds of like pleasure receptors and stuff for so long in the addiction. So I know the first couple of years just raised more questions, uh, illuminated more things I needed to work on and uh, kind of just brought out a lot of insecurity and anxiety in me but I kept coming back. I didn't use, I kept leaning on these supports from these wonderful people. And boy, am I grateful I did. Cause then eventually I got to a point where I started being able to kind of like make decisions for myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it took time, but man, one year. Yeah. Holy shit, bro. Yo, yo, you blew me away when you said that. I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. What, what are the, when we were first talking about planning it, it kind of makes me wonder, like, why, you know, why didn't that cross your mind? But then even though it didn't, you know, higher power steps in and says, you know what, we're going to make this not work out for your first scheduled interview <laughs> and we're going to fucking make you reschedule it. And guess what day it's going to end up being on. 
<laughs> one year yeah this is the coolest way to commemorate it yeah i'm stoked yeah um so like we generally getting uh started you know why don't you just like take a second to you know kind of briefly introduce yourself to the audience and and just tell them a little bit about who you are and how you recover what you're recovering from um i'm eric schultz i am a uh grateful recovering addict. I, um, um, I've had issues with, uh, drugs my whole life. Um, I, uh, I, you know, done it all. And, um, my recent stint has, was just cocaine. Um, I, uh, uh, I, um, I did, I did opiates, got the methadone program, was on the in the methadone program for ten plus years. Mm. Finally, uh, finally weaned off of methadone, got off of it. Um, and Which is not easy to do. No, it's not. It's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, they they designed that methadone program so yeah. that you're a lifelong customer. Yeah, it's a fucking joke. They're like, it, you need to take this forever. Bullshit, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're pumping me with, you know. 180 milligrams of fucking liquid methadone and he's you know <laughs> it's just it, it just it was a fucking joke you know Dude, so i can to- remember scoring cups of that shit off buddies and i mean a quarter of the cup would fuck yeah. me up yeah because i was yeah. a stimulant guy you yeah. know yeah it would fuck me up yep I, I you know and i'm fucking getting 180 milligrams of that a day yeah and you know, and then I got, I, then I finally get my takeouts and then I, you know, then I start selling it and oh, for sure. what, what not, you know, I tried, you know, cause I tried weeding myself off it, doing it myself, you know, doing, <laughs> trying to wean off it myself. And then I had to go back in, take another 180 milligrams, get that little high. I'm like, Oh fuck, this shit's awesome. <laughs> you know? So, but, uh, you know, then I got to a point where I'm like, fuck this. I can't do this no more. I don't want to be on drugs. I don't want to be on anything. Um, right. Because it starts you know, to we, feel like a guilt thing, right? Like now I'm dependent yeah. on this. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. what's the difference? Yep. The yep. difference yep. is I'm not getting the euphoric high that I was before. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not getting high. You know, like it's like I don't need this shit. Then if I'm not getting high off of it, I you know just get off of it and yeah. and you know you know and not rely on it. You know, you try to travel and shit and. And you got, you just, you have to rely on this fucking drug and, and it's just, it's not ideal. You can't do things, you know, they're only open till noon, one o'clock. So you got to get there and it's just fucking packed. And yeah, it just became a, became a gong show. And I just, I didn't want anything to do with it anymore, but mm. during the methadone program, they, you know, I'm doing counseling and whatnot. And, you know, I think I got it there and they tell me, you know, if you ain't working a program, you're not going to stay sober. And me, I'm like, fuck you. I'll show you up. You know, I'll get off this, you know, I'm getting off of it. They're warning me, you know, if you're not working a program, if you're not working on your mental health, you're going to relapse. That's, you know, fuck you. I'll, I'll figure, you know, I'll show you. And, you know, I get off of it and then sure enough, cocaine, cocaine comes around and, uh, powdered up my nose a little too much. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, so then that became a habit and, and, uh, you know, so, and then, and then I came in AA after, after this last stint of cocaine. So, um, 
you know, I did, you know, you know, it's like, do I count my sobriety while on the methadone program? I don't know. I, you know, for me, I don't think that's sobriety because I'm still relying on a drug. Um, that's, you know, that's me. Some people do, some people don't, but, um, you know, I, so I got out the methadone and was sober for a little bit and, um, whatnot. So, but this is, this last year is where I've really worked on my sobriety and, and, um, and, been been proud to, um, stay sober and go to my meetings and, and work yeah. a program. So totally, man. You know, so essentially I can, I can feel that you, you really want to dive right into everything and, <laughs> and, and that's okay. I don't mind, you know, um, we want to, we want to hear you share. We want to help you share and, and get out, you know, your story, man, because it matters and it, somebody needs to hear it. Uh, we generally just, you know, we try to start at the beginning, you know, like what, where did you grow up? What was it like for you growing up? Um, I grew up, uh, went to, went to Tartan high school. I was a, uh, avid athlete. Um, sports was my thing growing up. Um, traveling baseball, traveling hockey every weekend. Um, that was a lifestyle for me. Um, I, uh, so I went to Tartan high school. Um, so I grew up in Oakdale. All my, all my buddies live in Oakdale and, um, and that's, that's what we did. That was our life. Um, it seemed like school was secondary and, <laughs> you know, um, um, Sports was everything. That was, it was a lifestyle. Um, uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's who I was. Um, um, I, uh, it, it was just, it was just everything to me. Um, and, uh, you know, then, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, tried my first drug in high school. Um, it was actually, on my birthday, my 17th birthday, I, uh, I wanted yes, to, you waited a while. You were really committed. I did. To I did. I was, I was really committed to sports. Um, and then, when, uh, with your, like when you were growing up, you know, like did, did you have like, you know, just cause we like to dig into like the family dynamic a little bit, you know, yeah. like, did you have both parents in the home nope. or were you in like a, uh, a, a broken home yep. uh, and what, what was like your home environment? Like my uh, home environment was um, my parents were divorced. Um, uh, my parents got divorced at, you know, I was age, age two, but it was a custody battle mm. um, my whole life. And uh, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a good one. Um, a lot of fighting, a lot of crying by me. Um, um, my, my dad lived in Wisconsin about an hour away. Um, you know, and I lived in Oakdale and again, sports were everything to me. Um, I, I was a city boy my dad lived on the farm and it was kind of boring out there where, um, at home, you know, I had all my friends, my sports, you know, every time I went out to my dad, you know. I didn't want to, but I knew it made him happy. So I would do that. Right. Um, um, I, uh, you know, I don't have any, 
true blood siblings. I grew up with a brother and sister, um, another brother, uh, two brothers at my, when I went to go visit my dad, one of them is not here anymore due to drinking and driving. Um, so, um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, no, thanks man. But, uh, the thing is, is I try to, you know, people ask about the home life and, you know, did it fuck me up? I don't fucking know. Like I try not to. It I try sounds not like to you found your escape, right? Like, like maybe the the deep passionate love for sports might have been like almost like a manifestation of an addictive personality or an addictive trait. Yes. Uh, even early on, I mean, I know for most of us, it's like we, if we really look back, you know, when we work a program and we we can actually identify addictive behaviors before we were addicts to any substance because you it was probably kind of like an escape for you mm-hmm. from thinking about or having to like deal with that stuff. Like I, I have this, I love this. This is it. This is, I'm going to focus my energy on this and I'm not going to think about the, the dumb shit, you know? Yeah. 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 No, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and then it turned to women. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, my home life. Yeah. My parents are divorced and, um, and, uh, grew up in two homes going back and forth every other weekend and whatnot. And, and, uh, yeah. So cool. Okay. That was, that's my home life, <laughs> I yeah. guess. Thank you. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we just like to kind of capture a little bit of that because yeah so much uh the talk surrounding recovery or addiction and the in like is the root causes and it's always like uh you know some kind of like connection to like earlier you know adverse childhood experiences right where you know maybe you felt like you weren't good enough or you didn't belong but see some people will be like parents were always together very loving didn't do drugs or drink, you know, like perfect home life basically. And I still became an addict. So it's good to, for people to hear that, that, you know, cause it just reinforces the fact that addiction doesn't discriminate. Right. Nope. And it doesn't know any bounds. It doesn't, you know, it's not based on race or socioeconomic status. It's not race or it's not based on anything really, you know, it can affect people in all walks of life. So it's just good to know, you know, like, and then we get to know you too, boy, you know, like, yeah, you know, little Eric, now we're, like, <laughs> we're learning about little Eric. Now little Eric is a big sports guy. So yep. what was, what was that like? Did you kick major ass? Were you like super good athlete? Did you win a lot? And it just freaking, yeah. you were a jock. Yeah. Dude. I was, I was, I was a jock. I was, I was, uh, yeah. I mean, we, had some big milestones in hockey and baseball. Um, you know, I went to Tartan high school. We weren't known for sports there. Um, when, uh, when, uh, when I came, when it came to my junior and senior year, we made it to state and making it to state for hockey in the state of Minnesota is a huge, huge deal. It's the state of hockey. It is. It is. Um, so, you know, I grew up going to the state high school hockey tournament every year. My parents would make up some bullshit excuse why I couldn't go to school those two days. 
so I could go to, so I could go to the state high school hockey tournament. So that was, you know, it was a huge goal of mine. Uh, right. To play up. in it must have to been play in it. insane. It was like, dude, was. I want to be out there, you, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden you were there. Yep. 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 So we, uh, so making, you know, making it there was, uh, was, uh, a huge accomplishment in my life. My wife even makes fun of me to this day. Cause we still talk, me and my buddies still talk about it, you know, 15, 20 years later, you know, You're so like Al Bundy. <laughs> Yeah. remember married with children when he's reliving the old days on the football field yeah okay. yeah yeah so Nibai. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then i and then i made all tournament teams so that was a huge goal of you know huge huge thing too so um i uh so yeah and then you know and then i went and played hockey after after high school and whatnot so yeah sports is is huge to me so yeah yeah i really enjoy you know even to this day it's just the competition i love the competition um you know being pushed makes you know i feel like it makes me better mentally tough um teaches me adversity um you know camaraderie long long life friends and Mm. whatnot so um totally really i really enjoy sports you know now my thing's golf i play golf a lot of golf now (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you're a lot better than me yeah i know (laughs) i know (laughs) Uh, uh. so now when with your with your uh first time you were talking about your you were 17 first time you used it all so what was that experience like first time oh geez okay so first time i used i um you know i grew i you know i like rap music um and you know in the rap videos they'd be blowing these all these clouds of smoke talking about weed and make it make it sound like it was a good thing i uh asked one of my buddies who is now in the program eight years sober nice. um to um hey can you get me some weed i want to blow fat clouds like snoop dog oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> on my 17th birthday he uh gets me some weed brings it over in this uh, little eggshell of a container i have no clue what the fuck i'm doing and uh gives me the weed and I, you know, take one hit, try to blow a flat, fat cloud. I couldn't do it. <laughs> he uh, brings me into the other room and they're fucking smoking mess. <laughs> and I see them blow fat clouds and I'm like, I want to do that. So, so first time I ever used was uh, I tried smoking weed, but I really smoked mess. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, was downhill from there. I mean, you know, I was 17. I think I was a, ju- I was a junior in high school. I had a, I had a, I have an early, I have an October birthday. So I was 17 in October and, uh, and, uh, I played hockey. I was a bit, you know, I was a big sports guy. Well, meth made me really good at hockey. <laughs> I bet. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first this guy out there for, for, yeah, for, for a point, you know, I mean, I was new at it. Uh, you know, I did it for about six months and, 
and then I, you know, finally, finally stopped it and whatnot. But I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, was just going, 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 hitting people. Didn't really care. You know, I was all fucked up and, and, um, whatnot. So the first time I used was I tried smoking weed. I ended up smoking meth and the, and the story behind it was because I wanted to blow, blow clouds <laughs> of smoke like Snoop Dogg. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So that was the first time use. Pop culture, man. It'll do it. Too. I know, right? I know. I know. I look they back on ro- it. Romanticize everything. They make it sound all awesome and shit. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. Yep. So you were, if you were using your junior year, was that the same year you went to state? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, yeah oh. it was. So the sto- uh, story, go, you know, I'm a junior in high school. I had the same amount of um, goals and assists. That I did my senior year um, in high school. And my high, my senior year, I wasn't using at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what it was. I just, I, I don't, you know, it's not something to brag about, but it's just a, just a little funny tidbit that, uh, um, you know, I, uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs is, I think, what they call it nowadays. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, dude, everybody, for me, I remember how it just meth just crank. It was crank back in my day. That shit made you feel like you were invincible, you know, and like you just get shit done. Yeah. And you felt so sharp and you felt so focused, but you know, you use that stuff long enough. Yes. And now it's like yes. I start a hundred projects, I don't finish none of them. Yes. I'm scatterbrained yes. as fuck. And, and, mm. and, you know, it's like, you're not focused anymore, yep. really yep. dialed in on one thing, Yep. but in the beginning, it's like, yes, this is the fucking best thing in the world. You know? Yes. Yes. No, I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I know. And now they do it. Now they give, now they give it an Adderall, you know, like, right. it's just, it's just, I, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I know. So, but yeah, that's how it was. You know, at first it was just like. Fuck, I need, you know, it was the greatest thing ever. And then it fucking did the exact opposite of what I was intending it to do. Right. So you don't realize that it's going to like take a turn on you. Yeah. No, nobody it, ever tells you that. I know, right? I know. They're I like, know. dude, try this. It's <laughs> awesome. They never say it's going to stop working, you know, in <laughs> yeah. 10, 15 years, it's, it's not going to work anymore. And you're going to be yeah. chasing something you'll never get. And yeah you're gonna burn everything around you down um <laughs> that shit's fucking nuts yeah i i i guess you know though even if they did tell you right will we listen you know probably no, fuck not. no. i gotta learn the hard way because that no. just because that happened to you it ain't gonna happen to me dude because like yeah. i'm better faster smarter stronger yep all that um, yep 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 my, my my mom always says i started having to tell you to do whatever my mom would tell me, I do the exact opposite, you know? So she, she learned that if I want you to do something, I got to tell you what I don't want you to do. And then you'll do what I want you to do. So yeah. Like so, mom's cool with it, then I'm not being bad enough or something. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, I got to find the next thing. Opiates maybe. Yeah. yeah I, know, I know. Like what the fuck? God, you know, God is so stupid. So, so like the starting, starting out, right away in and 
realizing that you wanted to try the weed, but here you tried the meth and it was the shit. So you did that for a while. Um, what made you stop using meth? And then how did things progress from there with your, with your using and in, in, in your life in general, you know, how did it affect your sports? How did it affect your family life? Um, it, uh, I mean, how did I stop using? Well, I was in high school, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I had one person that I knew that did it and, um, you know, being a, an athlete, being a jock, being, you know, kind of well-known in school, it, it, you know, it's something you try to hide, um, try to not make it well-known. It was just, it was tougher to get for me. Um, so mom, you know, mom found out, buddy's mom found out. Um, my other buddy got kicked off the hockey team. You know, it started to become well-known and it was just kind of embarrassing for me. And, and, um, you know, I didn't really do it that much. You know, it wasn't an everyday thing, like, like what I'm used to now. Um, but, um, so it wasn't as hard for me to stop. It was just more of a, a mental thing more than a physical thing, um, um, you know, my brain's so fried now. It's kind of hard back, hard to remember back then. <laughs> no, I hear that. I hear that. Um, but um, yeah, it was just uh, you know everybody everybody kind of found out and just kind of you know went to the went to the wayside. Yeah, it imploded, and you were like, "Well, that's the end of that." And geez, yeah. now I'm fucking all yeah. embarrassed and ashamed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, you know, and um, my buddies were drinkers. I really wasn't a drinker. I never really got into alcohol. Alcohol never really did anything for me. Um, you know, I did it because other people did it. That's what they were doing. Um, you know, substances were were my thing. That's what I really wanted. That's what I really craved. I didn't crave drinking or anything like that. Um, um, so you know, my buddies would talk about getting fucked up and drinking and, and it just, it really, it really wasn't my thing. Um, so, but I, uh, um, so I, I really didn't drink much. I really haven't been a drinker. Um, it fucks me up too much. To be mm. honest with you, alcohol, I, um, you know, with every other drug, I feel like I can, you know, get a little buzz and still comprehend or be coherent where alcohol, I black out. I have no clue what's going on. Right. Um, and I guess I really don't like, you know, not being in full control of my body. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah. Um, you know, and then it was, you know, so then I, you know, graduated high school Another story with that is, you know, we were in the state tournament my senior year for high school, and we had a rule on our team: no drinking, no drugs during during the season. That was a that was a team rule, and you know, sports were was our life, and we really cared about it. And so you were we all in, all in with that at that time. Yep, yep. You know, that was a that was a, a rule our uh, us seniors made, and um, we made it to the state tournament, and um, you know we knew we had, you know, we knew the exact date our hockey season was going to end and we were just going to party afterwards. Right. Well, me being the entrepreneur that I am, <laughs> they're all talking about, you know, smoking weed and whatnot. I buy an ounce of weed. 
to sell to my hockey team. I'm going to make some money off my buddies and whatever. Well, fucking my mom, my mom finds the fucking weed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, I think I paid. Dude, my mom fucking, she's watching your ass now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, paid like 400 bucks for this weed, you know, and in high school, that's a lot of money for. Dude, a guy, they didn't yeah. cut you any kind of deal on no, it. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. And uh, you know, f- fucking uh, you know, after hockey one day I get in the shower at you know at home and bring it home and of course she can smell it, goes into my room, finds it, and oh, I bet. you know, this is this is you know, a couple days before the state tournament, and uh she fucking flushes it down the goddamn toilet. I'm like, oh my God, mom, why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah, that was uh, not a fun day. Not a fun day. So, you know, and, and again, you know, it's huge deal being in the state tournament. And, you know, yeah, fuck up your life and root, you know, ruin everything. And I'm just planning it out for the day after. So, right. Um, we earned it. Yeah, we're now. This is for yeah, after. yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes it okay or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I if I could, I couldn't even tell you how many of those memories I have, dude. Of like, like having my mom walking by me and smell something, and suddenly <laughs> stop and grab my chin and look me deep in the eyes. She'd be like, "Are you high? <laughs> Let me smell your breath. I've been drinking." <laughs> oh, dude. And yeah, then it's the digging through your shit starts when you're in the shower, whatever, when you're sleeping. God, I can't tell you how many times I woke up with her waving bags of weed in my face. One time I remember distinctly she had my a bag of needles and and my spoon and all that shit fucking waving that in my face. Oh, man, like. Yeah, dude, I remember yeah. one time my brother gave her, like, showed her my backpack because he found needles in there. This was a different time than the one where she woke me up with the things in my face. But, dude, it's just crazy that, you know, once they know, then it's like now they're on your ass. And and somehow I keep thinking I'm going to be smarter about it or yeah. something. Yeah. And I don't stop doing any yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Even though you want, even though you want to, and you just, yeah, fuck, dude, it's, it's, yeah, it's not a, you know, and it's your mom, you know, you're letting your mom down, and, oh yeah, and you know, she raised you, and you know, you feel like you're letting her down, and and you know, that's that's that was me, is I just start to get like a deep sense of like you're a piece of shit now, or yes, 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 you know, I. Uh, you know, I feel like my mom went through so much shit, you know, with custody and, and, you know, holding a job down and keeping me in these sports activities. You know I mean? It was, you know, hockey, parent, that's expensive. That's hard. Yeah. Hockey is not cheap, not a cheap sport. And it's the most expensive, I think. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I mean, you know, I mean, thousand dollar pair of skates every year, new sticks. And, and then it's keeping up with the Joneses too. You know, I mean, you got, you got these other families that, you know, I'm, you know, play, you know, I play on these good teams, you know, their parents are CEOs of companies and to them, it's nothing where, you know, if, you know, because I'm good, I got, you know, keep 
play, you know, going to these camps and playing in these tournaments and just to, to stay good at it. And, um, you know, it was a status thing and, you know, the sacrifices that my mom made was just, you know, insane. And, you know, I look back, I, you know, I, you know, I got my own daughter now she's eight months and she's like, Oh, this child is just like you. And I'm like, fuck. She told me this. <laughs> she told me this yesterday. She goes, this child is you. And I'm like, fuck. I go, she goes, what? I go, I was a pain in the ass to you, mom. I, I feel so bad for you. I wish I could have done things different. And, and she's like, nah, this is payback. I'm like, fuck. You know, it's, it's crazy too. Cause I, I know what you mean. It's like, um, when I was a kid, I, even when I was a kid, like, I think I always really cared too much about what other people thought, especially oh, yeah. if it was people that were close to me. So, you know, even though my rebellious side would win and I would keep doing the things I would doing and I would just try to get better at hiding it or lying about it, um, you know, deep inside now I'm no longer the good kid, you know, like all, all growing up taking care of my brother and sister when my mom was struggling with her alcoholism um, uh, you know, she always bragged about me. She does now too, but she always bragged about me and what a good boy I was. And I was such a good helper around the house and I helped her do all these things. And, you know, the kids and things that normal kids don't do. Um, but then you enter into that phase of my life and it was like, you know, I remember it was like, she would call me a punk a lot. She would call me a punk. Yep. That word would became would become like a hot button word for me. Like yep. if you called me a punk, it was on. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. fucking see red. I would yep. get so angry um, because it triggered that, you know, part of me that felt insecure and like, you know, shameful because I was hurting my mom yep. or, or because I was not living up to the, uh, you know, what, you know, the identity that I felt I had before is now reduced to I'm a punk and I'm a pothead and I'm a little fuck up, you know? So I get that. And and it's on a profound level, like that's, that's tied in with your identity and identity is such a key thing that, you know, that's a shame-based thing because it's, I am not, I did like, I did a bad thing. It's I am bad because, yes, you know, and, and it's just so much deeper when, when you carry that with you. So now I need to medicate. Now I need to escape. <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. My, uh, my mom's word was uh hoodlum. I'm a hoodlum. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was the word that I would, uh, you know, <laughs> get shameful about the little hoodlum. Yeah. 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 So, well, I'm so and then she, and then she justifies it later. Well, you always wear hoodies. So that's why I called you. Hoodlum. Okay. Bob. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know the truth. <laughs> well, hey, now I doubt you had a lot of kids on the street, uh, busting that out at you though. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 So instant emotional trigger. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it sucks to let your parents down. It really does. And my grandparents too, you know, um, um, you know, I've, I have a grandmother that, um, I mean, I'm close with both my grandmas, but, um, 
one grandma knows about my addiction. The other one doesn't really know about it still. I, uh, oh, really? I try, I try to hide it, you know, as best I can from her. I, I told her before when I went in the methadone program, cause I was, you know, proud of myself to get sober and whatnot. And she was kind right. of ashamed and I, you know, I just kind of left it at that. And, um, you know, I try, try not to, you know, it's, it's hard to talk to her about it. Um, because again, she's seen me grow up and, and, you know, she talks so highly about me to everyone and, and, um, well, it may not have been so much of an ashamed thing as like a concern thing, you know? Yeah. Is anybody yeah. that, that hears the word methadone, all they really know is that it's somehow tied in with like heroin or, yeah, or meth or meth, you know, who would think I, that? I, they, don't, they don't know shit. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Because it's got the word meth in it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, No, no, but you know, you think about that, that aspect, it's like, they, they know it's like tied in with this heroin thing or, or maybe they even think it's meth, but either way, it's something they don't understand. It's scary to them. And they think, so they're going to be worried that you're not going to like be able to kick it. Right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, maybe that was more of a perceptual thing that you thought that she was ashamed of it. Whereas maybe it was just more of like a concern. Yeah. Just a, just a thought. Maybe. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I just, I don't like letting my grandma down and right. I, uh, you know, it's, but like with anybody, I don't like it letting anybody down, but no. it's, I just feel like with me, I, t- if I think, you know, if I make up like a narrative in my head about something like that um, and now that I, came up with something that makes sense to my brain. She's ashamed of me. Um, I'm going to believe that to be true. That's going to become, you know, my truth that I believe where, you know, I I've learned in the program that my truth is probably fucking wrong. (laughs) Unless I'm finding that information out from the source. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would chant. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up. I think it's a, it's, this is kind of like a teachable moment or like some practical advice I could give you is like, keep your mind open to the possibility that <clears throat> you may be wrong about what she perceived just because you told yourself doesn't mean that it's true. Right. Cause right. feelings aren't facts and we don't know shit. First thought wrong. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I need other people to help me understand shit or I need to, you know, find out from the source, I need to like face those things head on. Right. Even though they're scary and I think I understand what it is. So that just reinforces the reason I'm not talking about this with that person. Um, Cause I think maybe at that point you were early and she was concerned. And at this point she would be damn proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, probably it would be damn proud of you because probably. you're sustaining it. You yep. are. Yeah. Kick. You yep. are doing better today. Yep. You know? yep. I am. That's the kind of stuff that needs to be involved in the story when you tell it for people to see. Because time and consistency, man, is our only friends in this game. There's going to be people that are still going to look at us like we're a fucking junkie. They're still going to think that this is all bullshit sham and we're not going to be able to keep it together, right? They're just waiting for the other shoe to drop because that's all they know of us. Our yes. behavioral pattern tells them that that's what we're going to do. And they have every right to think that shit when we can't change somebody's mind or their heart. Right. Correct. But time and consistency and, 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 you know, God, if you, you know, if you're God, God 
believing person or whatever higher power you have, like that's the only things that'll change a person's heart. Mm-hmm. They need to see more than just, you know, us waxing poetic about life and how different it is today or, mm-hmm. you know, shit mm-hmm. like that. Or just cause I did one good deed. And then I'm like, look at what I did, which by the way, isn't really a good deed. Is it? Cause I'm doing it for recognition. <laughs> yes. <so>. Yeah. You <laughs> know? Yeah. So yeah, just yeah, a little, yeah. just a little, uh, challenge for you to maybe consider that you maybe read that wrong at that time. Maybe. Yep. 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 Maybe. Yeah. And that was, you know, 15 years ago too. So holy shit. Well, when I first got into the methadone oh, program gotcha. and whatnot. So you got a long road ahead. I do. I do. I do. But maybe so. her concern or whatever it was, was very warranted yeah probably probably you so probably still tell that you thought that you were bulletproof and 10 foot tall <laughs> yeah 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 so, so all right so what what happened after that then or what what brought you into the methadone program you didn't talk about that like the first time what brought you in there um what brought me in is um shit, at this I, point you were you did math and then you sobered up for the senior yep. year yep and you really yep. haven't yeah so start i uh i um <clears throat> i uh um <clears throat> went off to play hockey after high school um so 18 19 i was sober and uh and uh you know i don't know i mean not sober but <clears throat> would smoke weed here and there um <clears throat> excuse me but uh before uh before I uh, left to go play hockey, I went to go play hockey down in Rochester, Minnesota, and um, was going to go live down there. Well, uh, you know, I don't know, got into it with my parents, you know, had weed and and I was smoking weed here and there and, um, you know, kind of got kicked out of my parents' house. And, um, you know, a month or two before I moved down to Rochester and um, and. Uh, so was go that, play hockey. Did you get your own place when you moved down there or move in with some I I moved in with a buddy and slept on his couch and and um yeah, slept on his couch. We were both moving down to Rochester. Um and then we, you know, we had uh you know family down there to live with. And um for some reason I I wasn't using um right away when I got down there. Um but uh i couldn't hold a family <laughs> i think i lived with three or four different families while i was down there mm. i don't know what it was um it just you know just wasn't working out i guess it's just you know i was uh kind of a uh, i had social anxiety um didn't really know how to talk to people i didn't know um so I had living issues while I was down there at, you know, my girlfriend at the time still lived at home and I was just obsessed over women. Um, you know, not women in general, but you know, if I had a girlfriend, I was obsessed about them. Right. I, uh, I, um, it was all I thought about my, my life, my schedule revolved around them. Like you were one of those dudes that like you, you would disappear when you got a girlfriend Yes. Never saw you. You're yes. Just, poof, you were gone. Yes. 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 We all, I had a girlfriend. we all know that. We all know that. 
Okay. Okay. I was that guy. I was that guy. There was, uh, I remember, uh, one time we had, um, there was a band band called good Charlotte. They were very well known. Um, and, um, very well known, you know, across the, you know, on the radio. And, uh, they came to our school one time and big concert, everybody was going and I bailed out to, (laughs) to, you know, go hang out with my girlfriend at the time, you know, just to hang out at her house and sit on the couch and watch TV. It was just a, you know, one of those things where I regret, uh, regret, uh, not going to because of a girl and, um, and, um, yeah, I was just, you know, I was, I was, uh, what you call pussy whipped. Oh yeah. Over over women. Um, and, uh, I've been there. Yeah. You know, and I just, I just never really found my, found out who I was. I just, who I was, was who they wanted me to be. Um, and, uh, and, uh, it was not a good trait to have. I, you know, I wasn't happy in life. I thought I was happy, but I wasn't. Um, so, but, um, but yeah, so going on to my use of, of, um, how I got on opiates was, you know, went to Rochester. I ended up getting hurt, separated my shoulder. Um, and, and, um, never really came back from it. Never really had the drive. Like I used to, um, I was more into, like I said, my girlfriend and missed her and whatnot. And, um, you know, asked for a trade. I got traded to a team up, uh, up in the cities. And so I could be closer to my girlfriend and whatnot yeah. and just never never reported to the team it was like fuck this i'm done my hockey career is done and uh priorities you know, shifted yeah. there yeah it was just something i really regret really regret and then um you know ended up buying a place and you know parents took me back for you know a few months um and uh ended up getting a job and buying a house at 19. I was 19 years old and bought a house. And, yeah. um, yeah. And, um, the reason why the housing market went to shit in 08, 09 was because of people like me <laughs> giving loans to 19 year olds who had a job for a month <laughs> is basically wow. what happened to me. And, um, you know, I'm head over heels trying to make a mortgage payment and result back to, you know, Hey, why don't I sell drugs and uh, try to make money for to pay for this house that I uh, know that I cannot afford making, you know, 12 bucks an hour working at a body, working at a body shop and whatnot. So that's crazy. You know, know, I hear about (laughs) that whole era, that time when those loans, uh, you know, it was like, that's insane. 12 bucks yeah. an hour. And they thought that you could fucking, that you were going to make on time. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I think I, I needed to work uh, three and a half weeks j- just to afford my mortgage payment, let alone buy food and pay for gas and all that shit. Yeah. It was, it was, it was nuts. Um, so was it the rap music that gave you the idea that, you know, you should slang? Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I'm like, what influenced you to do that? Yeah. I know with me, I grew up kind of in areas where I just, I don't know, you know, I, I had these influences around me that did that. So I learned early on that, you know, 
this is just what people do. Like it was a normal thought to me. I thought it was normal, you know, like fucking mm-hmm. sell weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That was how it started for me. And then, and then once you start doing that, it's kind of addictive, that whole hustle, you know? Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah, that, you know, it, yeah, that, that's where I got the idea, you know, and you'd see the guys in high school who sold and they got the nice cars and, and whatnot, you know, they're, they're obviously doing well for themselves, but I was a horrible drug dealer i got jacked so many times and oh damn whatnot you know i just you know you know lost way more money than than i than i made <laughs> you know and then you you smoke your profit and whatnot so but yeah so that's how i got into selling weed and and then um you know my buddy like like i was saying before my but my buddy got hurt and and i trade him weed for for his for his percocets and and um percocets were my were my drug i love them they they perked me up yep. they uh they were not a downer for me they gave me energy they made me talkative they made me happy um they made me work better um work harder um help the shoulders just, yeah 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 help my yeah yeah so Feeling um, no pain. yeah they were they were um they they were just i i Percocets was my thing. Um, I love Percocets. And then, you know, then it turned to, you know, oxys and, and whatnot. And, um, and, um, unlike you, I was afraid of needles and afraid of heroin told myself I'd never, never get to that point. And I never did. I never did. And that, and that's kind of what got me into the methadone program is, you know, I'm paying $80 a pill on oxys you know, buying four of them a day, it's, you know, 240 bucks a day Yeah. on, on oxys trying to maintain my, just to feel normal. That's way more than your mortgage payments. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that, that stopped paying. Well, then they, they started this program where, um, you know, they, you could refinance or redo your loan and then, but then you couldn't redo your loan if you weren't late on your payments. So then I had to be late on my payments. Well, that just turned into a habit of fuck it. I'm not, just not going to pay my bills. And, yeah. and, and, you know, the foreclosure process on my house took about two and a half years. So I lived two and a half years without paying rent. All I had to do Holy was just shit. pay the electrical bill. So wow, you must have had half. a mountain of debt after that. Holy. Well, yeah. You just let it go into foreclosure and, um, Wow. And, um, you know, they, they wipe it out and whatnot. So, and then they ended up paying me to actually move out of my house. I sold all my appliances and, you know, they paid me like a couple grand just to move out and not destroy the house. It, it was insane. I know these fucking government programs, man. That is I tell weird you. shit. You're like, I just accrued all this debt and you're going to give me money tomorrow? Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I know. So in this house was the best idea ever. <laughs> I mean, if, when I'm like in my active addiction, I'd be like, this is the coolest thing ever oh, for, it was. for a junkie, you know, like it was. go hard. I'm going to yeah. fucking party. Cause I, yeah. this is great. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Well, so, you know, the axes became expensive and then this uh, new drug called fentanyl came out and, yeah. uh, my buddies, we had no clue what this fentanyl thing was. Um, they, they, they came in patches, these patches that you put on your, your arms or wherever time released. Yep. Oh, we'd cut those fuckers open and smoke them. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, and then that just became fucking the withdrawals from that were just unbearable. Um, right. 
And um, no, I've so, actually done the same thing, cut them open, sucked the stuff out, and yeah. shot that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's Little fucking, time blackout. Yeah. Wake up like, what the fuck happened? Yep. Um, yep. Crazy. Like this shit that we'll do. It's like, let's see what this does. Let's see yeah. what this does. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I used to um, have, you know, I'd have my 100 milligram patches and put them all out on tin foil and just have everything ready right there just to fall asleep, wake up with restless leg syndrome mm. and, um, and fucking have to smoke a little bit just to fall asleep again. Um, oh, fuck, it sucked, man. I don't wish that on anybody. It's right. them opiate withdrawals suck, man. They, the complete physical dependency yeah it was just it was just nuts um, it's like yeah if i don't do it there's gonna be hell to pay you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and you know again i'm doing all this shit just to feel normal i'm not even getting eye off of it anymore and um you know and then somebody says oh yeah they got this uh methadone program <laughs> and uh you know i'm like this is exactly what i've been looking for something where i could just take every day and whatnot it was a lifesaver yeah, yeah, just feel without normal the, without the crazy shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's I it's, the methadone program. I think did save my life. Um, as in, as in, um, get me off of that, having to find drugs and and um, you know, nowadays you don't know what's in these pills. Right. Um. um you know, I, uh, you know, my last, my last, uh, go out, I, I ended up, uh, getting some oxys, which I thought were oxys and they were definitely not oxys. And just, you know, I was just like, fuck that. I, I don't know what I, this is going to kill me if I, if I keep down this route. Um, you know, but back in the day, you know, we had the oxys, but then they switched up the oxys. They fucking started making these OP fucking oxys where you couldn't sniff them. Yep. Or shoot them. Yep. And it, yeah. That was so, that was lame at the time. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So that, that was that really was for a while. Uh, you know, because I was always the type I didn't want to feel the shitty part of nothing. So I'd stay up for days. I was a stimulant guy for sure, but I loved me those opiates. I, I loved the benzos because they would uh put me down. You know, when I was ready to be done, I could do that and I'd be out, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'd wake up and I'd, you know, do some stimulants and be okay again, you know? Yeah. So yeah. The, it, them, was, it was a shitty day when they changed those things, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was. So, I mean, so that, that helped me kind of get off of them too. You know, like that was just like, and you know, my dumbass, they'd be like, you can't sniff these. They're going to, they don't do anything. And so I'd, still, still I'd, I'd still fucking chop them up and do the them. same thing. <laughs> Fucking put it in the spoon too, and I was like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> like, what the, the fuck? It will know? not dissolve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh god, yep. Yeah. So did the same yeah. thing. Yeah, it's like because we're like, yeah, right. They're fucking lying to us. Yeah, so we won't try it. Watch me do it. Dude. <laughs> yeah. No, they're right. It doesn't fucking work. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't work. So yeah, so that that really that really screwed things up for me too. But uh, yep. Um. But yeah, then you know, then I ended up going to the methadone program, and and um, you know, again, lied about you know how much methadone I actually needed. I just 
you know, I think they start you out at 30 milligrams and you need more. Oh yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm still feeling withdrawals. Give me more, give me more, give me more, you know, and just yeah. kept going up and up and up and up. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Really, you're still chasing it. You're like, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I know how much of this methadone shit can I take and get high? I know, right? I know, I know. And I'm just sweating my I'm just sweating my tits off. You know, like I just I just got so much in my system and just sweating so much. It's just it was insane. It was insane. Um they ended up giving me sweat sweat pills because I sweat so much. They fucking gave me a pill to fucking counteract of how much fucking methadone I was I was doing. It was wow. oh it's just insane. So um yeah, so so that's kind of how I I got into um the methadone program, got on opiates and so yeah, opiates was my thing. It really, you know, I started out doing meth and um that's, you know, that's just because, oh, a, a different buddy was doing it and whatnot. And, and I don't even know if I was fucking doing it right, to be honest with you. I didn't know how to inhale. Never smoked a cigarette before. <laughs> um, you know, I just fucking, you know, twist the bubble, get that shit in my mouth. Like I said, I just did it to blow clouds. I don't know. And it was a cool thing to do with, with my group of guys. We called ourselves. This is when G-Unit and 50 Cent came out. We called ourselves G-Unit. We were yeah. the geek. We were the geek unit, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I know the geek unit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I just, you know, and then the other thing too is I used to break into cars. Um, you know, this is shit. I don't fucking tell people. This is not shit. I like to admit, you know, and, and it's because I'm ashamed of it, you know, but I used to, you know, break into cars and steal the systems and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, some of that would help fuel my, my, uh, my addiction. And Oh yeah. Your local dope man does trades. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's, it was just, it was insane. I mean, this stupid shit that I did going from being such a goody, good kid. Um, you know, I, you know, I remember star athlete yeah being against smoking being against all types of use and then just one day i just i don't know thought it was a cool thing to do because these people had things i i wanted and now your ass is up at all hours of the night you're dressed head to toe in black you're fucking paranoid you're you're high as shit and you're fucking trying to find the next thing to steal yeah yeah dude it's what what happened to me yeah i know i know and it's just but it's a rush too right so you're like it's kind of awesome but it's kind of like fucking crazy you know it was it was um you know it was something for me to stand out to everyone um you know like oh this dude's nuts like this dude's crazy you know and i just did it like it was nothing and it was just it was kind of a status thing to dude they did uh, this old na meeting that i used to go to man this guy, he would always say we would wear that shit like a badge of honor, right? Like I can smoke you under the table. I can yes. smoke you under the table. I'm willing to do this, that I've done all this crazy shit. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to be like Billy badass on the streets and you'd wear all that 
shameful stuff as a badge of honor you know yes it always stuck with me he would say that like yeah it was it was insane i mean i can remember you know last year um with my buddies you know doing fucking cocaine lines you know just cocaine lines four four feet long you know and they're like you can't do that i was like fucking watch me and i fucking go and do it you know no problem and course can't even get high off of it (laughs) you know you know and it's just like it was just it was a status thing for me that i uh you know wanted to look cool in front of my friends um right uh you know and and now being in this program it's like i was saying before it's like i don't you know i've really learned to find myself find out who i am um not be ashamed of of who i am um and and for what i've done it's you know a story that i can tell to people that aren't in the program to you know kind of give them that hey you know you know because like i said i hit it i i hit it from a lot of people and and um you know if they're hiding it too you know they may be hiding their use their drug use their alcohol use um from everyone and uh you know so for me to kind of tell people my story is um is uh is a good thing i think so man it is uh and we always you know i always encourage people like recover out loud man like yes it does does wonders for you and for others Mm -hmm. um that's where the healing happens you know the more we talk about it the the less likely we are to like have breakdowns and lose our shit when we talk about this stuff i know in the beginning i would i don't know how many times i broke down in meetings hard you know like hyperventilating almost crying so hard and now i can talk about all that stuff and and it's like it's fine if anything i kind of get a rush from it you know like it it really lifts me up uh i can come you know limping into a meeting and go skipping out as my sponsor says you know yeah i love that shit so um speaking of all that uh recovery stuff you know getting getting into recovery is one of the hardest things for us you know that first initial you know walking through the door that first initial asking for help you know that first initial time that you actually talk about something that you don't talk about because you need to expose it so you can you know so they know that you really need help um what what was that experience like for you when you first came in um, what brought it about and, and what has it done, you know, for your life, uh, since, you know, like in, in your, in your family, in your job, in, in, in all these areas of your life, like, you know, how, how has it affected it after that? But yeah, starting from like, what was it like for you? What, what brought you in and, and what was that like coming in? Um, well, I really like to talk about this last, this last stint of, of, you know, basically a year ago when I came into the program, um, um, I knew I had an issue with cocaine, um, couldn't stop. And like I've heard from many people before, you try to stop on your own. I try to, I tried to limit myself to how much I would do a day, you know, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm doing, you know, at least an eight ball a day, if not more. Um, and, you know, I try to wean myself off because for me, for me, getting off drugs 
and or alcohol, to me, the biggest thing for me was the physical withdrawals. If I could get through the physical withdrawals, I know I can be, um, getting through that was the biggest thing for me, you know, playing sports, I had to be mentally tough. I, I consider myself a mental, mentally tough person. So, um, it was just getting through that physical part. If I could get through the physical part, I could get through the mental part. Um, right. So, you know, I try to wean myself off. Well, I'm not mentally tough. I can't keep weaning myself off. Um, I've tried, tried doing it, um, you know, numerous times, um, ended up telling my wife about it. That's how desperate I was. I, you know, I was hiding it from her. She's, she's fucking pregnant at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, breaking down to her, telling her that I have an issue. She buys a hundred fucking drug tests off Amazon. You're fucking getting drug tests every goddamn day. Nice. Said, all right. All right. I yeah. Like, I like her already. This is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, go ahead. I'm like, keep me accountable. Whatnot. Drug test time would come. Ah, you know, it's still not out of my system from then. You know, or I used, uh, you know, four days ago, it's still not out of my system when really I just used, you know, 40 minutes ago, you know, right, right. type shit, you know, and just making up all these excuses why I couldn't take the drug test. Um, and then, uh, it, uh, and I'm like, fuck, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm telling her, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Um, and then literally it fucking dawns on me. I think it was God says, you know, as I'm fucking bawling my eyes out to my wife, I don't know what to do. And I, and I tell her, why don't I ask Tony? Tony is my, my boss at work and, and boss, whatever he's, I, I work with him and, uh, right. And, uh, and, uh, he's the one that gets me work and, you know, he owns the company that I work for. He's been in the program for six years now. And, and he talks about this AA group highly, this, this Monday meeting that we go to every time I call him, you know, Mondays are usually a big day at work. I call him after work on Monday. What are you doing? Oh, I'm at my AA meeting, you know, AA this, AA that, you know, um, and he really, really spoke highly about it. And, uh, I told my wife, why don't I talk to Tony? I'm going to talk to Tony about it. So um, I don't know, the next day or two, I'm at a job. Tony comes to the job site and I pull him aside. I got my workers working. I pull him aside and I'm like, Tony, I need to go to an AA meeting. And, and he took it like a champ and, you know, wasn't mad, wasn't nothing. He's like, all right, you know, like, I'll, uh, we got a month. We got a we got a meeting tomorrow. I'll pick you up, and uh, and we'll go. And you know, to to kind of tell your boss that you have a drug problem while on the job, right? Was was kind That's of hard. A, it was it was tough. Um, and for him to take it in stride, like, dude, I understand. I get it. Been there, and um. And to bring me, bring me into the meeting was, was a huge, huge thing for me. Um, and Dude, it, it was him. To, just to interject for a second, like you're so blessed with the people that are in your life. You know, yes, that. yes. I yes. mean, the fact it's, that it makes sense that it never occurred to you 
that like, dude, you know, Tony's in recovery, dude. Yeah. Kick this shit. You know, like that. It doesn't surprise me because when we're in that state of mind and we're in that place, dude, we're a fucking Island. You know, we're so withdrawn into ourselves and our own shit. And we're so preoccupied with everything having to do with me. Mm -hmm. We're not able to think outside of that, outside of ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. we keep, that's the fucked up part, you know, like, uh, and that's the ego, right? Like we keep thinking that we can get it, that we, that we can control it, that, you know, we can turn it around ourselves. And, and then, you know, we just keep beating ourselves down with every failed attempt and we lose hope, you know, and that's why we get hopeless. It's because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. fucking can't. And yep. the fact that you told your wife, you know, that is hard, but not super surprising. That would probably be the first person you would tell. But the fact that she just went and bought a bunch of drug tests and she was no <laughs> fuss, no muss about it, dude, was a huge blessing to you. Because mm-hmm. you got you got honesty, right? Right there when you told her and you broke down. And then you got accountability. Those are two immensely powerful tools for people in early recovery to help alleviate a lot of the weight. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the things that keep you in traction are your secrets and, and that, uh, being in position where you can sneak because nobody will know, you know, nobody's there. And, and, you know, cause it, in the beginning we can, we can take that because we're used to harboring all this secret shit, you know, down the road, you worked recovery program for a while. It's different. Now, if you try to do that, uh, it's going to eat you alive. You know, nothing's worse than a head full of AA and a belly full of booze. They say that, you know, or yeah, yeah, or a fucking needle full of meth. You know, like uh, I got this program shit in my head now, but that's down the road, right? Mm-hmm. So you're blessed, big time blessed uh, to have people that uh, you know were not enablers, were not yeah. um, going to co-sign your bullshit mm-hmm. or or feel sorry for you. Um, but also at the same time, we're not going to give up on you. We're not going to judge you. We're going to hold you accountable. And dude, that's, that's super awesome, man. I yeah. Just, I mean, cause I like, know. like step one says, admit, you know, know that you're powerless over alcohol. And it's just like, I knew that I, I wanted to be sober. I, I just didn't know how to, how to do it. Like I was do, trying to do it by myself. I knew that I was an addict, right. I knew it. And, um, and you know, that, that was just me asking for help. Um, so, but how has that changed my life? I mean, me and Tony are best friends now, <laughs> you know, because of that, you know, I mean, um, you know, I, you know, I know that I can call on him for anything. Um, anytime I, I need him, he's, he's there for me. Um, you know, we're big hunting buddies now. Um, you know, it's really, really changed my life for the best. And, you know, to have like a best friend in, um, in recovery is, you know, keeps me accountable as well. Um, so it's, uh, it's really changed my relationship, um, with him. Um, and, uh, for, for the best, I, uh, I, uh, I can't, I can't, uh, I, you know, I, it's just like, the only thing that I wouldn't change it, but the only thing I would change is if I would have done it earlier, <laughs> you know, um, or never used it all. But, uh, um, it was just, it was a, it was a blessing, but like I said, yeah, it just dawned on me. It was just like, fuck, why don't I just, 
ask him for help, you know, and, right. and, um, and it was, you know, cause again, I've tried the AA programs before and it's just, I didn't really jive with the group. And I just, I guess I assumed every AA meeting was the same and, yeah. and, and it's not, you know, I mean, I've been to, you know, different meetings and whatnot, but this, I really like this group of group of guys because, uh, they really, they remind me of my, my friends growing up with, you know, we talk shit about each other, you know, talk mm-hmm. shit to each other and give each other shit. But when it comes down to it, you know, that we can get serious and, and you all really care, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really like, you know, we, I couldn't say it enough, you know, what a great group of guys. Yeah. It is. And it's funny. Cause if it wasn't for my Bible study, which is also a very integral and important part of my personal recovery, um, being on Monday nights, you know, mm-hmm. when we do it, I would go there every week because yeah. I love you guys. You guys yeah. are the shit, dude. And it is I fun. I have never had so many laughs. I know. Meeting. You guys are funny and you know how to talk some good shit. <laughs> I know, right? I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, we just, yeah, it's it's a good time. It really is. It really is just, but when we need to buckle down and be serious, you know, they're serious, you know, it's just, it's. uh Yeah, there's some know, strong recovery in there. A lot of years, a lot of years of some strong recovery in that. Yes. Yes. Um, Um, And, you know, and, and, uh, you know, doing the whole zoom, we know we do the zoom thing on Mondays as well. And, you know, we've people on Zoom. It's it's hybrid. Yep. Now. Yep. Yep. See, people have seen what I've seen um, uh, with this group of guys. And, you know, they're saying the exact same things that I'm saying that you're saying that, that, um, you know, it's, it's a good group of guys. And, uh, you know, I mean, we got a guy from California that fucking loves coming every Monday, Kimber. He just, he, you know, he's there every Monday and, and, uh, you know, wishes he could come in person, but he lives in California. He just, you right. know, so it's just, it's, it's coming, just, dude. He'll come. Yeah. Yeah. He'll come. He'll come. He'll come. So, you know, but, uh, you know, so, in, so seeing the new guys that have come in since, since I've been there and it's just awesome to see that they see what I see, um, and whatnot. So, um, you know, and it's kept them sober and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun meeting. It it really is. So, so that's cool that, you know, it's like your work, obviously you kind of in, it's intertwined with your work life, um, you know, because he's in the program and he's the one that brought you in and, and, you know, that's so big to get brought in to a community of people by somebody and then you know then it's on you of course to open up it's on you to let them get to know you and to like try to actually give a fuck and like get to know them because i don't know about you but it was hard for me at first to like really give a fuck Mm -hmm. about other people at all Mm -hmm. or what they had to say Mm -hmm. they'd start talking to me and telling me that you know probably really profound spiritual truth and i would be kind of like you know I would lose interest or not be listening really, or be a hundred percent present. Um, Cause I would start thinking in my head or whatever, yeah. you know, or I would get annoyed or start judging them or whatever I was doing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that, that is such an awesome thing. So that being that that's intertwined with your work life, we, we can kind of see how that affects you in, in your, in your work life, but how has it affected you in your, in your personal relationships and, and outside of work and in your regular life? Um, well, in my personal life, I mean, 
my marriage has gotten better. Um, as in, um, you know, trust, um, you know, she lost a lot of trust for me, um, with, uh, using and, you know, it was kind of a form of cheating on her. Whereas yeah, I, I was, um, you know, not, uh, being honest with her, hiding it. Um, cocaine was your mistress. Right? It was, it was, how, how long have you been married by the way? Um, well, uh, legally a year, um, you know, we've been together for, uh, shoot, don't tell her. I uh, since 27, <laughs> you know, she's going to listen. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we've been together since 2017. Um, right. yeah, there, right. there we go. Um, but, um, yeah, we were supposed to get married. Then the whole COVID thing hit. And so we really haven't had our ceremony yet, but we, we you know, we're legally married now. Awesome. Um, since, since Congratulations. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that you getting clean probably played a role in the fact that oh, she yeah. finally was willing to go down to the courthouse with you. And yeah, go, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah, that that helped a lot. That helped a lot, you know. Um, and thank God it stuck, bro. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Herself for it. Now she's she's grateful that she took a chance because I'm sure yeah. there's a risk in that. You know, you don't know if. The thing with us is like we we mean everything from the bottom yes. of our heart. Right? Yes, yes. But then we do the other thing. We do. Yeah, I know. I know. And when we're addicted, so uh, you could really you know have that breakdown. You could mean everything, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But that's the baffling, cunning, the cunning, yes. baffling, powerful, insidious nature of this thing is that we don't understand our own fucking selves. Yes. Or why, or why we change our behavior isn't going to match with our words. We have no integrity. We don't even know, we can't even predict our next move anymore. And, you know, yeah. that, that too, and like, you know, ties in inextricably with the hopeless piece of it all and the unmanageable piece of it all. It's like, what the fuck am I doing, dude? Yeah. Yeah. So it is yeah. cool that it worked and it stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, she had to take a risk and you, you know, you took risks. You took risks mm-hmm. telling her, you took risks with telling Tony, you know. Mm-hmm. Because there are some fucking big book thumpers out there or whatever that, you know, would judge you the second, you know, maybe they'd be cool that first time you told them. But if you had a slip or something, yeah, and now all of a sudden they're fucking the harshest person, you know, and it's like, dude, we shoot our, we don't shoot our wounded, you know, like, yeah, like they freaking forgot where mm-hmm. they came from or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah one, of, one of the guys at the meeting said, uh, uh, is you know one of the things that I heard was uh, one of the guys you know went out, you know had six months sober, went out and fucked up. By the grace of God, he came back and and owned up to his to his shit. One of the guys told him, you know, don't forget about that six months you had. You know, like you don't just lose all the knowledge you learned from from that six months. You know, I mean, you learned a lot and you know still hold on to that. You know, and right. start and, applying it. I always yeah, I'm yeah. like you yeah. fucking have. All that recovery still, you just got to get back to the basics, start applying the shit again to your life. Because for this wouldn't have happened if you didn't like somewhere along the line, stop doing the things that keep you well. You didn't, you stopped applying these things, right? At some Mm -hmm. point, Mm -hmm. or you wouldn't have fucking got fucked up. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. So totally. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, with uh, how is life, you know, my, my, my life better being sober. Um, you know, I've really gotten in, uh, golf and hunting 
And uh, I've gotten a lot better at it now that I'm sober. I'll tell you that. I bet. I bet. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and I guess that goes to my status thing in front of my friends, you know, looking, you know, trying to the badge that I wear. Competitive nature, dude. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I've right got a group of guys for that too, by the way, you know, like shit talkers, they'll, you guys like to get out there and, and let's, let's have fun. Let's bust each other's balls you know, but let's like be serious about our game so that we can show, <laughs> show up everybody and win those little cash prizes. From yeah. And yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. That's all, that's all healthy shit. Man. Yeah. 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 So yeah. But uh, yeah. So it's, it's been really nice. It's been, I've, I've been having a lot of fun this last year. I'll tell you that. So, right. And your daughter is, is that your only kid then? Yep. That's, she's my only daughter. She's eight, she has never seen you fucked up. No, she has not. She has not. And I blessing. plan to keep it plan to keep it that way. So what a blessing, man. I know. I know. That's a huge blessing. No, no. Bro, you know, one year is a huge milestone. Um, more will be revealed. You're going to continue to peel back the layers, as it were. You're going to continue, hopefully, to try new things and explore other um you know, options, other solutions that are out there and in different uh, things that maybe can enhance your daily recovery or your daily routines, your relationships and your, your mental and emotional and physical and spiritual health. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful to know you, man. And and I'm grateful that I can celebrate your one year. With yeah. You. Yeah. No. Right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I have these questions, man. It's a rapid fire series of questions. It's how I close every interview. You down? I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. First question. What is your daily or regular recovery routine consist of? Uh, wake up, say a little prayer. Thanks for waking up. Um, read my 24 hour book, um, go to work, uh, go to work, bust ass. Um, I usually, you know, Tony's my boss. So I talk to him every day. Um, and, uh, and it only takes two to make a meeting. So you get some good recovery. Yeah. 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 Um, um, you know, come home and, you know, I try not to think about it as much, uh, you know, like when I was using, that's all I would think about. And, and now I don't, um, you know, right. um, look forward to my Monday meetings every Monday. Um, but, uh, you know, and then lay my head on the pillow at night and just let everything go. That was, that was that and deal with tomorrow the next day. So mm-hmm. that's basically. So basically get your head in a good space first thing. Yep. And then you, you know, do you find too, I, I know for me, you're talking about work. It's like before I would get like kind of disgruntled or I I think I would kind of keep score at work. I would, I would hang on to little things that irked me or, but do you find that since you've been working in a recovery program that like shit just doesn't yeah. Like stick with you like that anymore or yeah. even really affect you the way that maybe you used to. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, like I know I, I, I you know, honestly, I feel like if I can get sober, I can do anything, you yeah. know, and I, I can't just let anything, you know, every, you know, every little thing bother me or piss me off, get under my skin, 
you know, it is what it is, you know, like yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be here tomorrow. I'll figure something out there. Right. Whatever. So it's I, like uh, I'm just so grateful. Like, yeah. it's like hard yeah. to get pissed about stuff It is when I'm more focused on like <laughs> the things I'm grateful for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, this, uh, is, this, this week has sucked, but dude, the check's going to be chunky and I got money in the bank and I'm so fucking grateful, dude, that I can <laughs> like be mentally tough enough to do this shit. And, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I know. There's always a silver lining to everything and it's just yeah. like an automatic thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just, I, you know, it's just, you know, I've, you know, my, my problems now are, Oh fuck. I got to wash the dishes or ah, I got to do laundry or, you know, whether it's okay. How am I going to score? How am I going to get through this family event with uh, all these, you know, do I have enough drugs to get through this or right. whatever, you know, now it's just, how many bathroom shit. breaks am I going to have to take to go <laughs> do a bump so I can fucking like get through this and seem normal? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the excuses. Dude, <laughs> I know. All that shit. Oh, you're uh, professional. You're a professional liar too, huh? Master manipulator. Yep, yep, I, got, I got the merit badge. Yep. Yep. Man, that's funny. But yeah, um, that's crazy. Awesome good good stuff for daily routine we think the daily routines are just so vital and yep. it, getting up i get up at the same time every day you know that's that's crucial to me is you know getting a good night's sleep and and you know waking up at the same time every day trying to keep that that routine um you know keep that mental health yeah you know right it's, it's vital vital sleep is important man it is it is it is part of the halt right mm-hmm uh, what, what is a book or a piece of recovery literature that has had the biggest impact on your recovery? Um, I, I like that 24 hour book. Um, it's something different every day. Um, you know, they, uh, I just, you know, it's nice and small You can keep it in your pocket that, you know, I kind of bring it, bring it everywhere I go. Um, and, uh, I, I really like that 24 hour book just, just cause it's, it's, I hate, I hate fucking reading, but so it's something small every day. I'll even have my wife read it to me, you know? Um, you know, so, so that's something we kind of do together to kind of keep in recovery. Um, and you know, maybe we'll do like a little discussion about it or, or that's whatnot. Awesome. So, um, and she's, you know, she's not in the program whatnot, but, uh, so, so it's, you know, so for her to, um, you know, not have the same mindset as you and I, as what a fucking addict, what it is where it's hard to, you know, we do shit when we really don't, we say one thing, but we do do another. And we really mean that we want to do something, you know, to have that mindset and for us to, you know, so for me and her to talk about it, you know, kind of explain it to her, um, what, what I got out of that 24 hour reading, um, is, is, is what I really like doing just because I hate reading and it's something small and it fucking hits heart, hits the heart, you know, pretty yeah. good. So, well, and it's like, uh, these are basic spiritual principles that are discussed in that book and they can benefit anyone. So yeah, I think it's cool that she's willing to, you know, have discussions with you surrounding those topics and, and explore those things. I mean, that's helping her too. I guarantee it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely they're just good things to consider, man. You know, like it, 
you know, a lot of times you read those readings and it's gut check time, you know, you got to get yeah. honest with yourself and realize, yeah. damn, I got to work on yeah. it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good book. Next question. What is the best piece of advice that you have received in your recovery? Oh, fuck. In my recovery, keep coming back. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, you know, my sponsor, that was one, one thing my sponsor stressed to me right away that really helped was, you know, keep coming back and kind of fake it till you make it type of thing. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, I faked coming, you know, I come back and really wasn't all there yet. Um, but I don't know. I just kept coming back, kept coming to those meetings and kind of made that a, a routine um, to, to keep going to those meetings that, that really got me to, you know, kind of kept me accountable and, and whatnot. Um, I know it's kind of cliche, but that's kind of really what got me sober was to, to keep coming back. It's like, you know, if I can hear that, it, you know, it's kind of the AA saying, keep coming back. And what, it, <laughs> it, it really, it really stuck home for me um, that I just kind of made it a routine. Um, and now it's like, you know, buddies asked me to go golfing on Monday. Yeah. I really like to go golfing, but I'm like, I can't, you know, I got my meeting that I got to go to. It's, it's, you know, more important. I can't, I can't have golf if I don't have my sobriety is kind of why, the way I see it. I can't have this, if I don't have my sobriety. So kind of keeps me insane. So, but yeah, keep coming back is, uh, it's really, really what did it for me. It's just, I, I kept coming back. I kept, uh, I kept making those meetings, even though I, I, I was still using in the beginning of, of, of when I was going to AA, you know, I, and, and, but I kept coming back and it, and it, and it fucking stuck. It stuck yeah. with me. So yeah. Hell yeah, man. The more we listen, right. Yeah. we start to get that hope. We start to see that maybe this could work for us. And then we're more willing to um, try new things. And like, cause we want that. We start to desire it. It's, it's important. And it's, the, I think, you know, it's a, it's a part of most of our stories, you know, where we were showing up, even though it wasn't, we weren't experiencing it yet, you know, Yep, yep, hearing about it, but we weren't experiencing that. We were like, why are these fuckers so happy, dude? What are they so happy about? I know. I know. used to bug the shit out of me. And now I think it's funny when I see somebody irritated, I'm like, I remember that. Yep. Yep. But I wanted that though. I wanted to be happy, you know? Yeah, so sure, yeah. it's like, you know, I wanted to hang out with the winners. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. You know, that was another saying, go hang out with the winners. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Great. That's great advice, man. <clears throat> what is the greatest challenge that you've had in your recovery? Oh, um, greatest challenge. Um, not, uh, you know, I guess dealing with, um, you know, I guess dealing with shit where I used to just run away and whatnot. Um, you know, for example, I, I guess like getting sober was a hard thing for me getting off of that, getting off of the, the physical withdrawals. That was, you know, the first 30 days was tough um, and whatnot. So, and it's just like dealing with, um, you know, um, 
while using cocaine, I would be like, okay, if I could just use cocaine and stay awake where, you know, now I uh, have to get through the day without a substance of, you know, using something where if I'm tired and I have to fight through something, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, the struggle of, of not having to rely on something was, or ha- have an excuse of, of, um, of, oh, I could just do this and this will help me get through it or whatnot. If I'm having a tough day, um, you know, a stressful day at work, I would go and use where now I have to, um, you know, kind of deal with it without using, um, power through it, man. Yeah. Which is, it feels so great at the end of the day when you don't use and you, you, you fought through something, mm-hmm. brought through a tough challenge, whether, you know, you know, a tough day at work and stress to the max or whatever. And you got through without using, man, it feels so good at the end of the day. Like, fuck. Yeah. I powered through that. Yeah. what It wasn't even that bad, you know, like, yeah, it wasn't even that bad. Um, but we build it up in our mind. Like it is, oh, you know, it's this idea of like, uh, delayed gratification versus instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can't grow through it if you don't go through it. You had to, mm-hmm. you had to go through it. Yep, finally, yep, yep. And go through it. and I feel bad for Tony, but you know, every time I'm <laughs> fucking stressed out at work, man, and he, and he says that to me, you know, oh, it's not that bad, you know, and then I'm fucking get done, you know, I get done with work early. See, you're stressing for no fucking reason, you know, like, and sure enough, and. It's, so yeah, so it's that gratification of uh of you know fighting through a challenge and and um and getting through it, you know. And the other challenge too is is um you know now that I'm sober, a lot more, you know, my family and friends want to see me more. And it's just uh you know that challenge of balancing balancing life, you know, of of whatnot. When I was using nobody really I mean they cared about me, but it was just you know, I was just a big blah when I was there. Now they enjoy my time and whatnot. And so it's managing, managing my time, um, and doing it, doing all the things I want to do and whatnot. So, um, where before, is a continual struggle yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. We talked about that, but talked about that last week, you know, having, having the right balance and whatnot. So that's, um, you know, so that's been a, been a challenge, but it's, it's it's a good challenge it's a it's a good problem i like to have i'll tell you that so you get um, to have these problems today yeah i know i know whenever i'm sitting feeling some type of way about a problem it always ends up coming to that (laughs) or i'll come to mike with something and he'll be like you know what's different between yesterday and today like why are you so up in arms about this today? (laughs) nothing is different except for my reaction to the present moment and uh you know, you're so right. It's just, it's so important. You know, you got to keep doing this stuff because it's the self-care piece that keeps you sane. It's the piece that keeps you uh, able to cope and, and get through and persevere through tough stuff. You know, it all begins with this. Like you said earlier, you know, you can't have this without your recovery. You can't have that without your recovery. So key. But those are those are challenges that I think we all face and we're all going to continue to face. You know, there's going to be more challenges. Next question. What's your greatest success in your recovery? 
Oh, my greatest success. Um, well, <laughs> um, um, I mean, the relationships that I have now are great. Um, you know, to have a great relationship with my family is, um, is crucial. I think I just to, um, you know, um, see them enjoy wanting to spend time with me, um, enjoying time with me. Um, you know, my mom would travel all the time and I, you know, uh, you know, why don't you ask me to go, you know, and, and now we're going on a trip to Florida next week, you know, um, you know, things like that. Um, um, like I've said before, my golf game's gotten a lot better. My, my, my shooting, my aim has gotten a lot better since I sobered up. Um, you know, that's a success to me. Um, um, but, uh, mainly the relationships, um, you know, being able to, um, you know, handle, handle stuff a lot better, um, be more mature, I guess, about things. Um, not always, not always, um, you know, I always want to be right, but, you know, seeing the other person's side of, of things, um, you know, understanding, you know, compromise, right. Um, you know, shit like that has been, um, been, uh, uh, a joy, um, um, you know, so, so yeah, I mean, just, uh, um, I mainly say my relationships have, uh, I've really, enjoy them. And, you know, those things are things you can't buy, you know, you can't buy relationships, you can't buy friendship and, right. and, uh, those have been a joy to me, to be honest right. with you. So and maybe some of those you thought were unmendable fences at one point, you yeah. know, yeah. now you've mended them and, yeah. and you have a better relationship than you ever did. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. I can totally relate to that, man. You know, you yeah. know, yeah. It's, it's very awesome. It's, it's very cool that, you know, the things that can be restored because of our recovery and, and just the way that it bleeds into every aspect of our life, like everything is benefited because of this one thing, you know, mm -hmm. yep. it's, it's, uh, it's a totally it's, uh, all encompassing thing, you know? Yeah, it, it all it, it all goes together. It's just it's it seems like all the pieces start to fall to fall together once you sober up, you know. So yeah. You know. Next question. What's a song that symbolizes your recovery to you? <laughs> oh um there's a song called it's uh by it's by Nelly. Um it's by Nelly, it's called Loving Me. Uh, L U V E me and uh, starts out by, Hey ma, I picked up the mic and put the drugs down. Now I'm trying to do some things that make you proud. And it just, uh, you know, it just keeps talking about how he fucked up and did stupid shit. And, um, you know, now I'm trying to make you proud and do things um, that used to tell me. Uh, and I never used to listen to you about it and, yeah. and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that's, um, 
that's that was gonna be that's gonna be the song I danced to my mom with at our wedding. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, it's uh, it's that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, so it's uh, Nelly loving me. Awesome. Um, on, on his first CD, yeah. So we will definitely have the link to that song in the show notes, you guys. So when you listen after the fact, go into the show notes. You'll find the link. Click on it and give it a listen. We. I love this question, man, because yeah, I, it's a great write, question. When I write up the show notes, I, um, you know, I'll listen to it and, and sometimes it's something I've heard before, but sometimes it's, it's not, you know, like, God, I was listening to an episode Charles did the other day, actually pretty notable. Cause it was a lot different than something usual. It was some p- part of an opera, uh, <laughs> this song and it, you know, I was like listening to it at work in the truck, like just <laughs> blaring this opera. <laughs> and this yeah. dude is like, it's so intensely emotional, but it was like, it's always a trip. You know, it's kind of like a way to kind of experience something that, that the person that I just had this great conversation with is like, it, it awakens their passion and it moves mm-hmm. them and it gives them yep. those goosebumps, you know? And, yes. Yes. That deep personal meaning to you. So I, I really always enjoy that. And I think it helps me write better show notes too. So yeah, definitely can't wait to listen to that after we're done. And uh, I hope you guys listen to it as well. It sounds great. I actually got goosebumps when you were describing. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it, it describes it just at first verse describe it's basically the first verse. And the second verse goes into his wife and whatever, but it's the first verse is, is about yeah, how I fuck. Everything. Yep. 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 I so that's yep. last, but certainly not least this last one's a little bit of a doozy, uh, but it's important. Nevertheless, what is something that you haven't forgiven yourself or someone else for? Oh, geez. Um, oh, it, it is a doozy. Um, what have I not forgiven myself over? Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, uh, I mean, I, I, forgiving myself would probably be, you know, I kind of talked about it before how, you know, I would do things for other people. I, I, you know, not finding who I was earlier on in life. Um, you know, I kind of, I beat myself up over it. Um, um, you know, I can't, I can't make other people happy unless I'm happy. Um, and I, you know, it's just, it's, it's in the past, I guess. I wish I, you know, could get over it. Um, it's something hard for me to get over, but, um, but for me, um, you know, doing things for other people, doing things to look cool. Um, it's just something like I really validation or acceptance from others. Yeah. I just, I really regret that. And, um, I just wish I could have been better at it. Um, you know, or been a, you know, been a better, been a better son, you know, grandson, um, husband, father, you know, I just, it's just something I really, really regret in life. Um, um, I just, I, you know, wish I could have been better at it. Um, you know, the whole letting your mom down for using and all that shit. I just, I don't know. I just, it's something I'm really embarrassed about or, 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 you know, having relationships with certain people, 
um, that cared about me um, and, you know, never really, you know, cause I was embarrassed of who I was and they knew who I really was. And it was just embarrassing, you know, and they, they could see through my bullshit. Mm. And so it was hard to, it was hard to, um, you know, I would always let, yeah, yeah it, it's hard to be around them because it's like, I'm sorry, you know, I love you, but you know, you gotta go. Cause anything that stands between me and my fucking shit, my use, my, my, uh, you know, mirage of who or how I feel like, you know, my justifications and shit. No, you, you know, like you kind of got to go cause you're like interfering with yeah. this thing I have going on. Yeah. 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 You know? And so, um, you know, I don't know. So the, I don't know the fact of letting people down, you know, letting, you know, your parents down or whatever. It just, I just, you know, all I can do is move forward from here. And, um, and, you know, that's what I'm trying to do with this, uh, you know, work in the program and, and whatnot. And well, you're doing it and you got to be clean. I am. I am. I am. I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. I got fucking a million drug tests. I could fucking piss on and they'd fucking Hell piss yeah. clean. <laughs> Give me one. Give me one. You know, and if it makes you feel any better, bro. And this is something that uh, I think was just like such a key piece of my healing. Like when I finally realized, right. Like, for example, you were talking earlier about how like the only thing you maybe would change is like, maybe if you did this earlier, right. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you did this after the opiates thing, you know, and the, and the Coke thing never happened. Well, consider this, you know, maybe, you know, you needed to go through everything you did yes, yes. because it, God will use that. Mm-hmm. Your Coke thing will be something that puts you in a unique position to help somebody that God puts you in their path. Yep. And, and you're the one that's going to have the message that they're ready to receive, you know, and, um, I try to think about things like in those kind of aspects where everything serves a purpose, all those hard times with your mom or, you know, uh, the fact that you got past them together and that you still have a relationship today. And now she can see you thriving in recovery. Um, actually made your relationship today stronger. Yes. Because you can't have the good without the bad brother and, uh, everything works for the good right everything had a purpose uh you know and was not for nothing and it it wasn't just a negative like an absolute negative it was it was something that needed to happen to uh create the circumstances that we're in today that now those are gifts they're they're something you can use so i i would um challenge you to meditate on that bro and i hope that that helps you maybe come to some type of uh different perspective about that and and i ask this question every interview because it's instructive right that's i don't want people to leave anytime they listen to this show with the sense that um it's all butterflies and rainbows and unicorn shits and it's it's all great and and everything's perfect because it's not, and we're all still human and we're all still flawed. We have this old nature that is, is uh wicked and, and we need 
to continually work on ourselves. And we need to continually examine ourselves so that we can, you know, cultivate a deeper sense of self-awareness so that we can continue to change and grow and become better human beings in the long run. Everything you've gone through serves a purpose and is useful to you today. It may have wanted, you know, it may have made you want to kill yourself before. It may have made you hate yourself before. It may have made you medicate before. But today, you can use those things for good. Yep. 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 So no, awesome. I have, I have thought, I thought about that. That's, you know, that's uh, hit, hit me before. I've, you know, like, I, you know, I needed to go through this too. Cause, you know, I, I feel like I had always had that question of, wondering oh you know i needed to go through these uh stints of drug use to know that um i can't use you know instead of wondering my whole life can i use or can i use this <laughs> like time? a normal person yeah i and it's just it's, yeah. you know so it's 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 a but it's been a blessing in disguise to know okay i can't use like like normal people i i just can't use it all amen so, and that's back yeah. to that first step and that's where it all starts we need to admit that we're powerless and that our lives become unmanageable. And that way we know that we can't do that. It's, it's like, you know, surrender to win, right? Yep. Yep. Wave the yep. white flag and you get your fucking power back. It's yep. Yep. The hardest thing to do to wave that flag, but then now yes. you, you get your power back and then some, you actually yep. get a higher power working in your life. Yep. And it's beautiful, man. It is. It is. It is. Awesome. Awesome. Congrats again on one year. Thanks. Thank you. Thank and you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I can't wait for this to drop and people to hear it. I think it's going to really help a lot of people, dude. Yep. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I really do. Hell yeah. And for all you guys out there listening and way out podcast land, tune in again next week for another great recovery story. Thanks for your ears. Peace. Peace. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to The Way Out Podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time, and remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.